I'm not going to buy a Ouija board. Not because I don't believe in that stuff, but because I do. You think I want to experience a ghost moving my hands? No! And they're never good ghosts. They always have anger issues. I don't need that. Give me a glowing bubble to conjure friendly sprites and I'm all over it. Until then, I'll have a little drink after work, look at my crystals, and settle in to watch all of your Instagram stories. me, Dale Seaver, and I have taken this audio form to welcome you to another hour of regrets, revelations, and rising stars. Yes, we've stepped through the portal that leads into the deep night, and hello, is anyone in here? <laughs> no? Okay, that's fine. I'm used to being alone. My wife, Galinda's been traveling a lot, so it's just you and me. This week, coming to you as we always do from the foul banks of the Gowanus, and the Gowanus is really on the rise, have you noticed? Luxury condominiums, artisanal food purveyors, ice cream shops, all about to be flooded with horrible, horrible sewer water. It's hard being a gentrifier. Our hearts go out to them, but the rising waters will take all of us at some point. You know I like to think about time travel, but I would not want to go backward. Everyone had such bad ideas back then. I mean, they still do. That's why I don't want any more of it. No, I just want to be prepared forward, ever forward. But don't you think in a sense that travel to the future will also be underwhelming, like it'll just be what we have now, but more of this and less of that, and unless you really went far, like old H.G. Wells when he ends up in that pit with the screaming white furry creatures, that most of it will be fairly recognizable. More robots, definitely more cyborgs, projections on every building. But it won't be that different, and that would be kind of a letdown. I bet you'd forget you'd even move forward at all. It will be hotter and wetter, and probably most uh, travel will be done on boats, and some of us will have gills, and weirdly we will have no tuna, but we will have chickens of the sea, actual sea chickens, raised on hydroponic skiffs. They won't be free-range, but they'll be free deck chickens, and they'll come pre-brined, which honestly is the technology I'm most looking forward to. I spend way too much time sinking my birds in plastic bags full of salt water and spices. Ah, to be a sea farmer of the future, on the high seas, one bionic eye that monitors the chicken levels in real time, a son who's not interested in carrying on the family business. Just think of it. Aye, it's another clear day today. I said, aye, it's another clear day today, isn't it? The boy ignores the man. He leans against the ship's railing, webbed fingers swatting the air in front of him. He plays a game based on the human Olympics of old. Digital men and women leaping off the uneven bars or tossing glowing javelins into the air. The real-time Olympics were disbanded a century ago, after the widespread corruption that followed the introduction of robo-athletes. A single ATM machine competing in the archery contest ended up funneling more than $13 million to an Ohio desert casino magnet. You know, your great-great-grandmother used to love the Olympics. She'd watch from her 
holo chair, all ten projectors running, a digisig filling the room with thick smoke that smelled of everything bagels and burning plastic, her two favorite smells from before the war. She'd always get choked up when they'd show the video of the robotic manufacturing plant assembling the future, robotic athletes getting their enhancement patches, overcoming the tragedy of having to watch the phasing out of their previous model. Sometimes they'd have lost an arm due to a faulty bolt or something, and even though you'd know they'd get a new one, sometimes it was a different color, and that would always take some getting used to. The boy said nothing but waved his hand over his temple where the sensor was to deactivate the retinal projection. He shifted his weight and stretched out his arms on the railing to support himself. The metal netting of his shirt caught the breeze and made a whizzing sound. The two stood silently looking out at the ocean, the giant singular ocean. You don't have to like farming, Kavan. Kavan is spelled with an apostrophe because it's the future. Heck, I didn't even like it at first, either. I hate chicken, especially these salty birds we grow here. I miss ducks. They were greasy but delicious and so much nicer than these chickens. Not to mention, just more attractive. Have you ever looked at one of these chickens? Even after they get hosed down in enhancement oils, it's like, why was that the shape of a chicken? I guess it's ugly so you don't mind eating it. What? I said maybe if it was better looking, you'd feel bad about eating it. Oh, I guess that's probably right. Still, I like the way sand penguins look, and they're delicious in soups. Dad, what? Sorry, dust sausages. Is that better? I I think I want to be a writer, like Mom. Oh, here we go. He adjusted the distance ring on his bionic eye. Look, Kavan, your mother was a strip of code I downloaded from a central DNA satellite. I spliced it onto my own uplink, and seven weeks later you were delivered by drone to the receiving deck by the locating cones. I know that in my file transfer request, I specifically marked farmer or sailor. Rider was not an option. The two men look out into the sea again. With the sun shining directly overhead, they can just make out the tops of old buildings through the brown-blue water. A topographical look at the city that once was Hoboken. Well, I need to check the feed levels in the main tube. You want to come with me and I can show you the grain advancer. Um, that's okay. I need to work on some stuff. Aye. Well, fine. At some point you need to contribute around here. His hip made an electronic beeping noise in anticipation of metal ladder mode. The boy squints into the sun and thinks about downloading really moody music. In the distance, the last whale on Earth considers surfacing, but decides against it. My goodness, the future can be sad, too. I don't know if I want to travel to that place. I guess it's like the time I saw the praying mantis... I better listen to that old gal and enjoy the current moment. Enjoy a Coke and a can. You ever have one of those? Some people say Mexican Coke is where it's at, and I do enjoy the extra burst of cocaine that's in there, but to me, Coke and a can is perfect. Not sullied by their own ratio of water to syrup like they have when you ask for a Coke at the bar. No, pure Coke, as was intended by the good people of the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, direct and from the source. It's how I like my soda and my truth. Even fully coked, it's hard to stay present, isn't it? 
or is being pushed and pulled in so many directions. Well, that's why I've started doing more guided meditations. And you know what? After so many guided meditation cassettes, I thought, Dale, you can do this. And so I did. So I'd like to share a guided meditation that I've created recently. This one is called Damp Forest. Here we are, together, you and me. And I'm going to guide you through the next 80 minutes of meditation. 80 minutes? That's a long time. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> okay, it's so cold out here in the woods, which is where I am. And you are now, too, in your brain. I should have brought a sweater. I checked the phone. It said 64 degrees, but that's kind of a tough, you know, range. It's a hard temperature to dress for, and I didn't account for the wind and the shade, quite frankly. It's very shady here in the forest with the tall pines swaying in the... That is a strong wind. Is there a hurricane? Maybe off the coast. I'm still worried about the trash gyre in the ocean. As long as we're thinking about climate change, which we should most certainly not be doing during this, let's say, 40-minute meditation. Because, oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> Am I right? The melting of the ice, and then it only melts faster because of more water, and the water's dark, so it absorbs it. Well, blah, 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 blah. It should be reflecting, but it's not. When I do my meditations, I like to reflect on all the positive things that have happened during the day. Usually I'm not walking alone in the forest, though. <laughs> That's, like, not my first choice. Especially after a rain like the one we just had. It's so damp. It's like living in San Francisco. You just never get warm. I used to complain to Ginny. That's my first wife. I'd say, Ginny, these homes just weren't built for weather. <laughs> and she'd look up over one of those giant mugs they used to serve lattes in. Remember those? Like 2000, 2003, big mugs everywhere. You needed a solid table and some uh, hearty elbows just to steady your arms as you lifted one of those things. I sometimes joked with Candace. She worked at the Java Hut. I'd say, Candy, give me two lattes and a forklift to carry the things. <laughs> We'd chuckle. And sometimes she'd give me a free muffin sample or an extra napkin. She was trouble, though, Candy was. I gather she fell into a bad circle of friends who were into technology. We got hopped up on office uh, uh, concepts, you know, wide open office layouts and endless foosball games and launch parties. And then Patch.com failed and took the whole internet down with them. But then it came back, but not before we had all bought high end lumbar support chairs for the office at a steep discount. And Candy, oh, Candy, burned by the stock crash. She rolled her investments into a safer portfolio. In a few years, she was able to start her own small-batch coffee roasters, which eventually sold to Pete's Coffee, which I gather was recently bought by some luxury lifestyle brand. And I guess what I'm saying is, Candy, if you're listening, give me a call. <laughs> I'm interested in finding out more about the Roth IRAs. Uh, IRAs, please, Candy. I said no to all that tech stuff. I said, hosting variety shows is where I'll be. That's the future. Variety shows in basements. It's whenever I hear Roth Ira, I think of a friend of mine, Ira. Ira Roth. I heard a variety of strange noises out here on a walk, friend. Just as I've been walking here, I'm doing a lot of thinking, but I'm also walking, and you are probably also walking with me in this scenario. So you're right here, and hello. A lot of snips and creaks along the path. At first, I thought maybe I was being followed. And then I thought about a coyote, and I thought, oh, my God, I have no idea what to do if a bear attacks me. I saw The Revenant, Leo getting mauled by that bear. You see that movie? I watched it on a plane, and I screamed out loud. 
I had to apologize to my seatmate, who was just biting into a complimentary frozen yogurt bar, because at my age, I prefer to fly economy comfort, which is what all the seats used to be before the airlines decided they could make everyone sit closer together and make economy so uncomfortable that people would actually pay for the word comfort, and I do, and if that's a privilege, so be it. I went a whole month where I could only afford to eat half sausages and white rice, so yes, I'm going to splurge on a bigger chair when flying across the country. Anyways, when Leo got attacked by that bear, I yelped, and the woman next to me bit down so hard on her yogurt bar she broke a tooth right there, crack, on the wooden stick in the middle of that yogurt bar. I just felt awful about that. Remember to breathe. Uh, Here, folks, as we go along, super important to keep breathing, just in and out. What was that? (laughs) Sorry. When you live in a city long enough, being this far away from anyone, you're just uh, totally surrounded by nature. It's unnerving. Like, who knew nature was this aggressive with the sounds? Turn it down, nature. Crickets, we get it. I'm not going to step on you. You're too fast. Is it a mating thing? Is that why they're chirping? How can they need to mate that much? I think we have enough crickets, don't we? I mean, how often do they have sex? I figure if I chirped every time I was ready for sensual lovemaking with my wife, Galinda, well, you'd definitely be annoyed with me about twice a week. (laughs) Unless it's too warm or too cold or I've just eaten or I need a shower. Crickets, uh, sex all the time, I guess, for them. So good good on no worries for the cricket about hygiene. (laughs) Just rub the legs together. How do they not chafe? I guess there's a lubricant maybe that the cricket secretes. Leg, leg oil. I got to get some of that. On walks, like the one we're on right now through this forest, uh, these relaxing meditation walks, even if it's a little bit humid, oh no, jack itch. <laughs> I had it so bad this summer. I had to get an antifungal pill to take for about a week or so. Couldn't have any booze. Finally uh, cleared it up, but dear goddess, I have never experienced pain like that. Ah, oh. and we're coming to a large and mighty oak tree where we're going to sit down for a spell because quite frankly, most of this walk has been uphill. It's a little hill, but when I got to this spot, I had to rest. And then I looked back and I was like, wow, that was a climb. And that's why my breathing is so shallow and I should really get into better shape. But who has the time? It's, it's an effort. You know, and isn't the part of this whole thing really just being accepting of who you are? <laughs> Whatever shape you are, that's the shape you are. So to me, that means I can have a little bit of the drink and a little ice cream and sometimes all at once. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it was seriously a hill. It uh, might be a mountain I'm on. It feels like a mountain. And we're centered. Wasn't that relaxing? It's just part of my guided meditation tapes that I have available through the website. And when you're ready to check out, just click the cassette icon. That's the one on the upper right-hand corner, right next to a little rectangular box with the two squares. It gets you a lifetime membership in our essential oils plan. So just click on the right one, and we'll get you this and other of my meditation tapes. They come in a pack of about 25. So I hope you have the kind of audio player that automatically flips over to the other side of the tape or a friend nearby. If you have a friend nearby, just flip the, just say, hey, hey, can you flip the tape when it's over? And uh, you can go on a kind of a meditation buddy for you. We offer over a hundred guided relaxation uh, situations like the one you've heard today, Damp Forest. Uh, the other ones that we have, a, bit, a lot of them are just uh, walking or traveling through space. And uh, then I'm just kind of observing uh, things and it really helps center you. Uh, so we have uh, the other titles in this series, uh, Pennsylvania Turnpike, uh, the King of Prussia Mall. We have both the court and the plaza. Uh, Hoagie Fest, Where Am I, New Jersey? 
I'm trying to get back to New York. And, sir, you can't record in here. So they're all relaxing, all different, all journeys that we take because the mind wanders, doesn't it? And we have to look to the future but stay in the present, always in the relentless present. But the present also has its pitfalls and things we don't like, like Twitter or everything. But not the Fort Green Halloween doggy costume contest. That is not awful. That is a hundred or twenty or more dogs dressed as things like toasters and pirates and dragons, and that's adorable. Now, it's no secret that I'm not a big animal person on account of my allergies and inability to see beyond my own needs. But I will always have a soft spot for pugs and ugly dogs with difficulty breathing. I'm not sure why that is, but I'll definitely explore that in a personal visioning board. You can believe that. I think it's because those ugly grunters have to live for today and don't spend a lot of time thinking about the past. It's something I'm trying to be better at. Sometimes, though, right as I'm about to drift off to sleep, ensconced for the evening in a robe of fine alpaca wool, dyed pink the color of vaginal rebirth, as Galinda gives me one last push on my sleep hammock, and I sway over a mini-diffuser, sputtering out a soft cloud of sleep-enhancing scents, in my case, the only two odors that truly help me sleep lawnmower exhaust and the smell of a candy aisle in an infrequently clean 7-Eleven. My dreams are all big league chew and dad doing my chores. With the window cracked slightly to let in some noise from the street and the first clangs of the radiator banging at unpredictable intervals, I finally can clear my mind and begin the transition to my sleep form. But I can't help thinking about the old days, past lives, other incarnations of my soul that have traverse this very same ground. Or not exactly the same ground, because maybe somewhere in Egypt. I doubt it, though. I imagine my past lives probably only start around the mid to late 1800s. I think that's kind of the prime for past lives. Uh, I was listening to a radio show the other night, and they summoned an ancient demon through a Ouija board. And I was like, no, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Nope and nope. I do not like thinking about ancient evils because they're always talking in a growly voice and they're hunched over, you know. It's why I never took to that Kojak program or the one part of Wheel of Fortune where they let Vanna talk. How I'm a wolf. Is that how this is supposed to work? I thought I'd come back as like a person who lives in a tenement or a chicken farm or something. Wait. My hands are still kind of hands, but furry. Am I... I find a puddle that's filled in a small hole where the cobblestone should have been and look at the reflection of my face with the full moon hanging in the black sky over my left shoulder. But it's a reflection, so my my right, your, your, le, your left shoulder. Am I a man-wolf? Oh, great. That's just great. Last thing I remember, I was trudging through Gettysburg. They told us to steer clear of the battlefield, but it was kind of a gloomy sort of day, and I thought, why not grab an extra-large pottery jug full of hearth-made coffee and just go take a looky-loo at what all this fuss is about? Now, the old fellas at the general store were sucking on hard licorice and making whistling noises with their teeth as they talked to Miss Candace Corners behind the counter. Seems her daughter ran off with a snake oil salesman who claimed his magic ointments could cure whatever was the problem with him. Said she wants to write a book about the man and all the people he helps. Well, I know for certain that old Henry Dabbers only goes there to talk to Candy and doesn't even care for licorice. He just needs the company now that his wife has gone on. They all said to me when I stopped in to look at wooden shovels on account of some digging I need to get done for a new root beer well I was planning on building. Water stays nice and cool down there. Why not root beer? Anyway, they all said, don't go near the battlefields today, Daleth. 
And I said, okay, but I already knew I was going to go. That's like telling me not to eat an entire bag of pork cracklings. I wasn't going to eat the whole bag, but now you told me not to. I, I only want to do it more. <laughs> I had a lot of pork cracklings that day. So I walk over there, and I see that there's a lot of smoke and shouting, and I think, well, doggone it, this is a mess. And as I turn from my position on the high hill above the fighting, I hear a whiz and then a sploosh, and I feel wetness on my stomach, and I think, what the, what spilled now? But it turns out it was me who was doing the spilling. My shirt with its high, long neck that resembled a turtle, now that I think of it, covered in blood, and my new trousers that were specially made in my size were getting mightily stained. I remember thinking, how is this ever going to come out? Is it cold water or warm water that sets a stain? And that's when I closed my eyes for a moment to think it through. Well, I guess I must have gone on, passed over to the other side. And then what? My spirit came back in a baby that was born on a full moon to parents who fought about money. I think that's how man-wolves are made. There has to be some unsettling aspect to the home life, plus a full moon and maybe also a bite from another man or, I presume, woman-wolf. You never really see lady-wolves, but I bet, and at this point, hope that they exist. Because who else am I going to meet that really understands me? A carriage rolls by as the man-wolf ducks into the darkened doorway of an apothecary shop. How woo, this is bad news. I guess I just wait this out, covered in fur, but I'm still cold. How do wolves do it? Is that why they travel in packs, to stay warm? I'd murder a meat sandwich right now. Oh, no. Do I eat people? I can't eat people. I can't. I don't even like being near them most of the time. He's smelling them, but eating them. That's not going to work. I'm going to die again and probably come back as a merman. Or a roach that has memories of being human. Imagine trying to tell the other roaches that, no, you don't understand. This is considered garbage. There's better food up higher. What's this coming into? Oh, my gosh. It's a ghost. An actual ghost. I can see things as a wolf I couldn't see before. And a witch. An old Irish witch by the looks of her. Him? Hard to tell. And a dear God. A cat person. What sorcery is this? They've all stopped now, this brigade of demons and half-persons, looking at me with their glowing eyes, eyes that look human, as if peering out from behind a mask. Halloween. This is Halloween. I'm Adadale Severton, and I'm dressed for Halloween, and these are my friends. I'm not a man-wolf, but I am an idiot. <laughs> I have been reincarnated as an idiot, a true dullard. I would have preferred a man-wolf. Well, now I totally miss being a man-wolf. I don't even know what my purpose is anymore. Ah, oh, well, maybe I can leave this thing on for a while. Who, who's going to care? And that is how the famous man-wolf of Gowanus became such a huge part of Brooklyn lore in a parallel dimension. Sometimes we're reincarnated through lives in this realm, sometimes in others. But aren't we all moving towards some kind of destiny? following some weird instincts to move this way or that, to be suddenly near some people at exactly the right moment. It's not always clear what the reasons are, but it does all lead to something. Will it ever be revealed? The only thing for certain is that reincarnation is a fact, and no matter what our faith or belief is, we keep body-hopping like you're plus one at a wedding, the one you had feelings for, but it turns out the feelings were not mutual, and now it's a long bus ride back to Port Authority. Yes, the cycles continue, and we try to make the most of it. And I think we've made the most of it here tonight. I thank you for joining me. I'm thinking about going out to Los Angeles to surprise Galinda, who's in Palm Springs. So let's see what kind of trouble we get into out there. 
see if she's conjuring any past life, or if there really is a future for us. As I said, she's been doing a lot of traveling and has proven herself to be poor about checking in with me. But if you want to see me live in New York City in this reality, come to the Slipper Room on Wednesday, November 15th at 8 p.m. for a conversation with Lola Kirk from Mozart in the Jungle and many other endeavors. Gifted musical talent pedal Kylie Lotz, the pride of Scranton, Pennsylvania, and two very funny comedians, Wanjiko Eke and Sarah Lazarus, who are absolutely fire-emojiing their way through the New York comedy scene. Tickets are available online in advance, either at deepnightshow.com or the Slipper Room's website. It's a good time. It's over quickly. It has to be, because next day I'll be in New Orleans for Hell Yes Fest, doing some shows the evening of the 16th. Maybe a few others come down and say hello, or who day, or what now, or why Dookie Chase. It's happening. Lucky numbers this week are 8, 24, and 3, which adds up to the number of times I got totally confused recounting my past, present, and future selves. Personalized reading this week goes out to Kimber Fountain in Lake Pocono, Pennsylvania. Kimber, this is for you. Whatever shape you are, that's the shape you are. So to me, that means I can have a little bit of the drink and a little ice cream and sometimes all at once. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was seriously a hill. It uh, might be a mountain I'm on. It feels like a mountain. Powerful advice, Kimber. Well, thanks for tuning in this week, folks. And remember, although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night is brought to you by Jameson Spirit Cleanser, the original prairie-grade sage that you can burn whenever things start making noises in your walls. Or a spirit appears at the foot of your bed wearing 18th century sailing regalia. Deep Night is independently produced and performed by James Bewley. Deep Night Season 10 podcast image by artist Kelsey Roten. Deep Night Season 10 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the season provided by the talented roster of Howler Hills Farm. The Deep Night Podcast can be found on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on Apple Podcasts, where we kindly ask you to subscribe and then leave a rating or a review. Once again, thank you for listening.